and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. We love Linktree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We have got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to the podcast plus links to PayPal and buy me coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It was a lesson on Belgian culture this week as the Queens played homage to Belgian food staples and classic comic strips. Did you have Night of a Thousand Marsupilamis on your bingo card? Because sure, I sure did not. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Belgique and join me as the always delightfully out of the box. Maxim, how are you? I am doing great, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on your cute little show. Thanks for being here. Uh, welcome to the show. First time on the podcast. Yes. Uh, so... I, I, I'm as I said to you before we started. I'm so glad there are people in the New York City nightlife scene actually watching Drag right. Race Belgique, um, right. because I I feel like I am the minority voice here of people who watch all of the international franchises, which is fine. It's a lot. It's overkill. Right. I feel like if you are a drag artist or an entertainer in nightlife, you should at least be aware of all the international seasons for sure and i agree with you and there is a lot and i try to at least watch one episode of each just so that you know i can taste and see who the girls are what do do they give um but belgium i just like i'm a francophile Mm -hmm. i love everything french so um this is just an opportunity for me to practice my french watching this show but i also just i like different european art forms you know um, in America, we kind of have a tendency to look at Europe as like a monolith of white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and they're not. Um, I mean, the the show does, you know, have like only one person of color, but that's just that's just the demographics of of, of that region. But I think Correct. that I think that um, you know, as we've seen with Holland and France and Spain, the drag scenes are very different. Um, there is a, a lot of representation of culture and. There's a lot of great fashion. That's and that's what's exciting. And then I said every time it's the it's learning about the cultures um, that I would never normally expose myself Nothing. to because it's just not what we do here in America because we're Amer- America first. Bullshit. America first. Um, no, but this is it, it's important to showcase queer art on this kind of platform. And yeah, we, joke all jokes aside, like we. Each country wants their own version of Drag Race mm-hmm. because they have to do it their own way. It's really kind of cool that first image on the first runway of Drag Race Belgique is all the queens in the Belgian flag colors. Yeah. That is important. That's what we need to celebrate more. So I'm always here for celebrating queer art from other countries. No, for sure. I mean, we're, queer people are everywhere and that kind of representation is groundbreaking, you know, for us, it's, for us as Americans, like it's just another like iteration, but for people, but for queer people and all people who are watching living in Belgium, they're, they're probably seeing the cast on billboards in their, in their towns because Drag Race is that kind of a, you know, machine now, which is, you know, more of that for queer art. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredible um that there is this kind of representation happening all over the world um Absolutely. and 
you know you ask good questions you ask good questions um but it's it's um i also feel like other than it being a representation for all these different countries it's also wow presents creating content which is also very 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 smart and uh, i'm here for it but the showing of the um, of the flags i think i love watching how different franchises construct both fully being aware that this is for international audiences and there's going to be one or two um people in new york city nightlife will be watching probably here and there um and we get to really learn you know belgian culture like i was watching the first episode it was like Every time I watch a new franchise, it's like I'm reading a damn brown book because I have my phone next to me and I'm Googling what everything means. Yeah. You know, like when the queens were walking and saying their towns, I was really looking up on the map where those towns are. Well, you're better than I am. I was like, I'm not doing the map yet. I still I still can't figure out the map of um, of England. So we're, I, right. we'll get there eventually. Right. Well, one day. But it's like, you know, I'm a I'm a nerd. I love geography. I love culture. I love sociology. So like, you know, I love drag. Obviously, I do drag. And so I'm a nightlife scene. But just, you know, seeing how other cultures inform that drag, it's just like something so meta about it. I love. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we begin, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are showing what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they have also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Let's begin. Um, Brittany. Has left the building, which means the competition is in fact on. The game is real. People will go home. Now, in her mirror message, Brittany has cursed them with herpes. I mean, it is the glitter of STIs. Like they're bound to have it at least once in their lives. Right, right. You know, and most people have it on their lips their whole life. So you're not wrong. Different kind of herpes, but you know, still. You're not wrong. There are <laughs> there are moments it's like it's a pimple. And then I'm like, but I didn't kiss anyone. It's definitely a pimple. And I'm like, and listen um, all these drag drag queens go from you know sharing lipsticks to sucking dick in a glory hole in one night so it's just you know listen, part, part of the listen, it's true now susan will say that amanda did well and she deserves to stay for at least one more episode and yeah the writing was in the wall uh we knew this was bound to happen yeah they said it from the beginning of the episode they're like say goodbye to amanda yeah i mean i i'm i'm not sure if i caught it on the show but amanda sounds like somebody new who started a lot of doing drag during the pandemic um so you know if it's she's a younger queen but she got to show her personality she got to show herself her authenticity her vulnerability and you know it was cute so it's a new day and they're ready to go they're still here and amanda's feeling a little reassured just the way the queens are interacting with her though she really is the baby like they're having a little check-ins with her um it's endearing but it's also kind of necessary to be like hi child we're so much more advanced than you what are you keeping up with us right i mean yes it's a bit that but it's also you know drag being a family and you know the people trying to you know the the idea of like drag mothers and drag children and just you know a sense of seniority and also experience life experience Mm -hmm. you know she's the baby she might just not have and we often see that um she just might not have the psychological like no the kind of you know life experience and psychological stamina to deal with something like this as opposed to the seasoned queens who you know been doing it for a while Atina is hoping for an acting challenge this week. Peach is like, I hope not. And Susan just <laughs> wants to be silly and fun as she enjoys comedy acting. Well, the alarm blares, read a bag of time. Um, 
It's time for them to get their sexy suit on. As Rita arrives, she shares that they will get to participate in their first ever mini challenge. But first, let's meet the sexy men. Um, you've heard of the pit crew and you've heard of the Brit crew. Yeah. Say hello to the Frit crew. No, not sexy fried people. No, it's the Belgian pit crew. And yes, they were very small and furry. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's nice to see hunks without six packs. Like, oh, for sure. Real natural fellas. So I appreciate that they're giving a real attractive men. Yes. Not artificially made. No, for sure. And I was looking at one of their eyes. Like, he had those like puppy eyes. He was so cute. It's, listen, I, I remember Cap, like when was it season Canada season two or, or like one mm-hmm. of the Canada seasons, they had a pit crew member who like was like had like a, a belly, but yeah. he was like, and he was just standing there looking sexy, looking delicious. So I love when they're showing, you know, body diversity through pit that's crew. that's all it takes. Listen, I love my little Twinkie boy uh, in Drag Race Italia to um, Giovanni. Oh, my favorite. Uh, yeah, he has he has he's got a very attractive body. But sometimes it's okay. We don't need that. Sex, sexiness is all about the attitude. Right. And, you know, after the pandemic, sometimes it's like seeing naked people, you know, it's just hot. It's true. For this week's mini challenge, they will have to strike a pose. They have 15 minutes to transform into beautiful creatures before the crew will ruin their faces. I mean, come on. They were holding leaf blowers. Like, we all knew what was going to happen. Call right. it Chekhov's leaf blower. They're going to get blown away. Wasn't that a um, throwback to like season seven? Mini Probably. I think that's what the, um, yes. I think what I've learned on this podcast is, is, is if someone asks me for a specific reference to a specific season, I can't pull it off of the top of my head. Right. I've watched far too much Drag Race. For sure. No, I'm, it's, it, it was definitely on season seven. I just remember like the, yeah, with Katya. Was, it was Katya and like Violet and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pearl's eyelash going up and down. It's cute. <laughs> Now, this is our first time seeing our Belgian friends do quick drag. And I got to ask, have they seen the show before? They knew what was happening. What the fuck were they doing? Yeah, they were they were trying to go for pretty. And like, this is not, not what we were no. supposed to do. So I'm glad no, that Su- Su- Susan got the memo. Susan got the memo. She was going full gross over the top drag. It was hideous. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, Mokobane has cracked the code. She brought a face mask with her eyes pre-painted. And that is what you get for watching the show for this long. Creepy? Yes. Smart? Absolutely. For sure. I mean, they're not getting judged on this. You know, there's a winner, but like, why don't you just like create a viral moment or just like, you know, as they said, she was being smart. Future contestants, this is the way to do it. Bring an eye mask of your eyes and you're set. Right. You know, the doors Valentina open. Literally. Well, it's time for a photo shoot. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. How would you do in this challenge? Are you a fan of being leaf blown or regular blown? <laughs> uh, it's a great question. No regular blown for sure. You know, like I like to keep my face intact. I, I want to make sure that I look good, like, you know, snatched while, yes. you know, um, getting blown. But it's, I just like, I look at that challenge and I'm like, I don't know how I would have done because, like, like especially if it was the eyelashes on. That's it. You know, you can't. I mean, they were they they were wearing safety goggles because let's be real, like wind in your eyes, you'll cry. Um, But even with safety goggles, their their eyelashes were still crusty. I was like, what? Like that? That's some strong wind. Now the girls will go in order in which they are standing, which means Amanda goes first. Uh, She is pretending that she's on the cover of Vogue. Uh, Mademoiselle Boop has done Belgian Pride in the wind and the rain, but she is not prepared of this for this. Now, Edna was giving me full-on Davina DeCampo mode, like, vibes. That I was like, oh, the wig, the face, I see my yeah. girl Davina. 
Uh, and then her wig started to fall off, but she covered it well. She she held it on tight. She 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 she's like, I'm not gonna lose my wig. Yes, for sure. I agree with you. My favorite in the mini challenge was actually Peach. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. she was able to like really strike the pose and you she's know a model. she's a she's she's a model and she's pretty actually good at it. Mm-hmm. Now Atina got right into it, let the wind come right into her. Susan had no problem with a flying wig as she went all natural and then was like, "Hello, phallic-looking thing, I will grab you and get you to imitate." Um, that is a thing in my mouth, into my mouth hole. Yes, she 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 she, she was horny. It was it was very entertaining to watch. Uh, Valenciaga comes in wearing an overcoat and bam, then she's naked. Um, um, we're all born naked and let the rest is drag. I mean, exactly. Drag coin has full mouth open and that is one huge mouth. And then she mm. shows her Merkin. Right. You can find Milka Bonnie. Right. Milka Bonnie really is trying to hack this challenge as we will see her having her wig tied under her chin. Is it really that fair? She's just been like, no, I'm going to let it fly. I mean, again, she's being smart. She is being smart. The winner of the mini challenge is Susan. Do you agree? I, I like Peach. You know, I even like wrote it down that I wanted Peach to win, but Susan was entertaining. I think Rita was like, y'all didn't do the quick drag as well as Susan. So Susan gets the victory. Yeah. She really leaned into it. Um, because again, this this is someone who's gone through the show. She's gone through these stupid ass challenges. She's like, if I have to suffer through it, you have to suffer through it too. Yeah. Um, as the winner, Susan will win an advantage in the Mixie Challenge. Speaking of, let's find out what it is. They're mm-hmm. going to split into three teams where they will create commercials featuring must-try food products from Belgian gastronomy. The Frit crew will return with three golden trays featuring fries, waffles, and chicory. Now, the girls... We're not a fan of chicory. So chicory is a native herb to Europe. We have been known to use chicory as a caffeine substitute in coffee. Because oh. um, I know when you go down to Nolens for like, um, go to um, uh, Café Monde, um, the Monde, like they do chicory coffee. So that's, that's their specialty. Oh my God! Yeah, we have that shit in Russia. Sorry for cursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, you can they, curse all you want. They, yes, they have. Uh, now, now it makes sense. But I've never seen like when I saw it, I was like, "What is that?" Literally, me the same. Because it's not again. Like it's 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 one of those vegetables, herbs that have that is native to Europe that was brought to America. So it's oh. not ours. We stole it. Right. Um, well, what the captains. For this challenge will be Susan for winning the mini challenge, Athena for winning the first master challenge, and Amanda for winning the lip sync. Here's how the teams break down. Susan will pick Edna and Peach, Athena will take Dragon and Valenciaga, and Amanda will select Boop and get stuck with Milk name Interesting team breakdowns. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually like the way that they broke down the the, um, the leader, the team captains. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was like a cool, it was just a cool way and smart. Um, yeah, listen, let's see how, how this turns out. The groups are all, you know, there's different strengths. There's different uh, track records. I know it's only been episode two, so we'll see how that goes. It's very interesting to me. And I, again, it's, it's the Americanized lens that I look through when I say this comment. Mocha Bone was picked last. The only queen of color. Yeah. This happened to Lolita Banana on Drag Race France. Mm-hmm. Is it just a subconscious thing? Well, Mocha is also a bearded queen. You know what I mean? So there's already mm-hmm. that kind of like visual that the girls are like, oh, I don't know if 
visually we will all work with each other. I don't know if the girls are being conscious of it, but they should. It's an they international it's an international franchise. People are watching. We we sure are because I re- I remember watching Drag Race France and and like the blatant racism. I was like, oh my god! But this is their culture. This is not bad mm-hmm. to them. This is this is okay. And that's again another thing. Watching these international seasons, I have to check myself and realize I am American watching right. this show and knowing what we have in our culture going on right now. It's not necessarily the same, right? And it's. In America, the racial tensions are racial tensions, you know, RuPaul's, um, mm-hmm. but in America, racial tensions are just so much more tense because we have so much more institutionalized racism right. and our country was built on ra- on racism. Um, so, you know, racism in Europe is, is just different. Racism, it, it's, it's bad across the board, obviously, but there is nuances and different iterations in different countries, what it shapes up. You Absolutely. Know? All right. So Susan is going to get to pick the foods for each team. For her team, she's going to select chicory. For Atina, she'll give them fries, and Amanda will get waffles. And I was like, I think she did it because the bitch had a giant waffle anyway, so it made sense. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to start to get the wheels rolling as we watch Team Chicory discuss how it grows in fields and on farms. Susan will say that when you think of Belgium, you think of fries and waffles, but chicory is more original, despite it not being popular nowadays. Um. Again, the Americanized vantage point. When I think of food of Belgium, I think of waffles and yeah. chocolate. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Why is, is chocolate number three? Are fries more prevalent? Or again, are we Americanized and being like French fries, not Belgian fries? It should be Belgian fries, yes, for sure. Um, but you know, in America, we a lot of things get lost in translation. I, I honestly agreed. I would have, I probably would have picked chicory too. And I think it's also just, um, it's more Belgium. I think they're they're educating us, you know, it's about true, what their culture true. actually is. That being said, I would love to see a scene with melted chocolate. That'd be funny. Oh, for sure. Yes. Susan will suggest coming at it from an erotic way, based on how the chicory is shaped. She really does love phallic things. Susan, call me. I mean, don't you? Of course. And I, she, <laughs> this entire episode, she's like, if it looks like a wiener, I want it. Right. We'll watch Susan peel away the petals. And if you're thinking what I'm thinking, Europeans. Right. You know, they, 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 they love to unwrap their gifts. Um, listen, episode one, Mokobone is singing about licking foreskin. So it's a, it's, it's not unusual. It's already right. been in the lexicon here. We're going to watch Edna though, just chow down on the vegetable saying it's bitter. And that's, we'll call it a bitchy veg. Um, again, I don't know about the, 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 the way you eat or right. consume chicory, but I can't imagine you should just eat it raw. Eat it raw. I mean, Again, we the be, be, being queer, we're like we just like everything raw. You know what I mean? Whether whether we're gonna regret it later no, or not. No, never. No, see, like uh, raw carrot. No, you, you gotta peel it. You gotta roast it. No, no, no. cucumber. Fine, that one I can do with raw onion. Listen, we've seen people just bite into onions. That's the most disgusting right. thing I've ever seen in my life. But I guess chicory is fine. I don't know. We're learning things here, friends. 
it's it would definitely for sure a lot of a lot of educa- educational content i <laughs> i don't know but I, you know what i take that back now that i'm thinking about it and seeing so at first i would have probably picked chicory because it's like it's different it's it's green it's nature you know i probably would have connected it somehow to smoking weed because i know i know it's legal in belgium like i would have done something I, I i and then just watching them like really struggle and having these ideas that they don't really like go much where i was like okay i probably would have not picked chicory now, over on Team Fries, we have Balenciaga say that since they're Belgian, a Belgian thing, they could do a Flemish Wallen thing. Uh, Drag Queen will suggest they have a strong character perspective, so perhaps they could be selling fries, literally. And then Drag Queen is like, we could use them in other ways, like stopping a nosebleed. Time to get mm-hmm. trashy. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Do not right. waste a fry. I love fries. Yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite fry from a fast food restaurant, um, American-based fast food restaurant? Oh yeah, cheese fries from Shake Shack. Oh, okay, okay, not, okay. Nothing comes. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Shake Shack is fast casual. You know what I mean? We gotta <laughs> use correct marketing terms for a marketing, you know, um, the challenge on Drag Race. Um, yeah, no, nothing comes close to cheese fries from. That's fair. That's fair. I, I if I have to go for like 99 cents, I don't even know if it's 99 cents anymore. I would go to McDonald's. I love McDonald's right. fries. They're so good. They're classic. Yeah. For sure, you know. With Team Waffles, they're going to study the object. Boop will suggest that the item which comes from Brussels could have a Romeo and Juliet scenario with two households facing off. And Mina's like, "Yes, let's have someone try to convert the other to a certain type of waffle." And I'm like, there are varieties of waffles. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? And then they're like, the Liege waffle and the Brussels waffle. I'm like, what's the difference? Please help me. So I said, Google, help me. I said, Google, what the fuck? And Google was like, Liege waffle is small with rounded edges, and the Brussels waffle is larger and rectangular. The more you know. The more you know. So is it safe to say that we are more familiar with the Brussels waffle? Is that what we eat here? I think it depends. You know, have you have you ever seen um, the, the the prepackaged like they call like it's like one thing. It's like a Belgian waffle in uh-huh. the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like but those are the more the least. It's see, but it's not small. It's the size is of a Brussels waffle, but the shape is of a Liege waffle. It's so, so strange. That the, um, orig- the original inclusive waffle. It literally is, literally is. Uh, in the end, they have to sell a waffle that brings people together. Um, cue to Mocha just chowing down on the waffle. Which variety? I think it was the leash. I don't know. Suddenly, we're going to have the door open, and it's Rita and her friend and my future lover, Musi. Um, I think he's short, which is great. I can't really tell. I can't really tell either. I think he's probably like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, which is like perfect height. Like, oh. Well, Rita, Rita is tall from what I understand. Rita is probably six foot, I would say. I can't really tell because when I took my photo with her at DragCon, she was sitting and I was right. So couldn't really tell that way. Um, I love figuring out drag race queens height. It's my favorite pastime. Mm -hmm. I really don't know why. It just really is. I love it. We're going to have our first official walk through the franchise. It's so nice to see those happen. Remember when we used to do that on the U.S. franchise? Good yeah. times, good times, good times. They did it, they did it on this season. They sure. They, they I, mean, sure. I, I mean, they did it on the past episode of the they regular sure American Drag Race. Because we were cutting down the girls. Finally. Uh, they're going to visit Team Waffle to learn that their story is about a teen who's coming out to their mom saying that they don't like Liege Waffles. They will learn that they can't choose as they like Brussels Waffles. And something about the story gets Moosey to want to tear up and I'm utterly confused. I was like, 
Is this a tragic? What? Okay, okay. But they're creating a story about a waffle that brings world peace, allegedly. If only that's all it took. You know, send send that waffle to Vladimir Putin and Kremlin. Yeah, go get Kylie Jenner. She can offer it to him. (laughs) Yes, yes. Now, Moosey is a fan of the LGBTQIA plus element of the plot of inclusivity. So that's what they're going to do. Next, yeah. we're going to go check out Team Chicory, and we're going to have the kids sit on the floor as Rita and Moosey take a seat on the couch. And I wasn't going to do this, but I am. We're going to analyze Moosey's look. Mm-hmm. On top, he's going full gay raver with a black sheer top showing off his body. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Then he's got the blue skirt with a cablet. So he's got a look going, right? Wrong. He is wearing fucking sneakers. Not like anything fancy, but cheap ass sneakers you wear to like go grab a chopped cheese at the fucking bodega. Right, right. It's like when you're like going to a club, but then you realize you haven't, you know, you need something at the bodega. So you run out in regular sneakers because you're going to, but then you're like, shit, you know, the cab is here. So now I have to go out on a club in these shoes. That's what it was given. I was like, I know they're like filming is a lot and you want to like be comfortable, but girl you look good and then nope nope we stopped right there and again it's like it's broken up because he's wearing fucking shorts so you do yeah. see the fucking shoes um that being his, said his legs, look, his legs look great though so his legs look great and if the sneakers are a faster way to run to me i will take it right um because the shoes will be off and other things will happen <laughs> anyway Edna will explain that they are selling a superfood as chicory is no longer the lame vegetable that their grandmothers forced them to eat. No, no. This chicory will make them chic. Get it? Chic. Chic. Peach tells us they are promoting a GMO chicory that is super good for you. You'll lose weight, grow boobs, and become prettier. I'm sold. A thing. Moosey will ask if there is a physical transformation, and Susan explains she will be partaking in that, but the result is not what you'll be expecting. False advertising. Right. Now, Rita will tell them they have a lot of great ideas, but she's worried about their time management. They only have a minute and a half, and they're being very ambitious. It's like a recycled line on all these challenges. Every yeah. fucking host is saying that to the queens. They, they, they need content. We get it. We know, we know what's going on. Finally, we got the fry guys. As Drag Queen says, they are frying their best. I live. <laughs> um, and I love that the editors literally threw a symbol crash in there. That's my kind of camp. Yes. Um, these editors are really, really leading into the silliness of drag race, which is what we're not doing in America anymore. We, we've no. like changed the underscoring completely. Um, we're trying to make it really serious. They're going for the Emmy, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Give me a logo version of drag race. It's very serious. It's very much like the straight don't understand camp sense of humor. So we have to break it down for the wider Literally. audiences. But it's nice to see it on Belgium because Belgium, Belgian people in general are just very campy. It's a very yeah. campy culture. The story they will be telling is of two lesbians who are making amazing fries. It's the tale of Kat and Simone. It will be very sketch comedy as they try to remain calm as there is a TV crew. But each time they mention the fries, they get hot under the collar, a.k.a. It's like the Frick crew has an effect on them. Yeah. Time to get hot and bothered. Mosty wants to see the physical passion. I'm like, I like this boy's thinking. Call me. I like physical <laughs> passion too. Rita will be like, this is for a moderate audience, which I guess translates to conservative, which means drag is illegal. In some states. Friends, go help us out. Go, 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 go donate to ACLU and all that stuff because yeah. it's not going to fly. It's not going to work. And call your Congress people. Please do that. 
She will also remind them that they will have to sell their products and this will get Athena to start stressing out as they're focused on the humor and not the selling part of it. But apparently that won't matter later on, but we'll get to it. Let's head to set for teleshopping. We have Rita and her megaphone and Moosey and his busted ass sneakers helping the girls out as they have 30 minutes to film their ads. That's like no time at all, but hey, magic of television. Showbiz. Like I, I, I know contestants have done these kinds of challenges and they yeah. have like a very, very truncated timeline, but 30 minutes feels very short. It's, it's, it's very short. And I'm always like, is it 30 minutes including the feedback from the from Rita or is it just 30 minutes of like camera filming, which is right. either or it's not enough. Well, first up are the Waffle Girls and watching the queens and the Frit crew drag the props over was a moment. Like they are delicate ladies, Frit crew included. Like where is the actual crew of this show to move the props? Right. I know this is a stupid thing. But Boop will start the scene by taking waffles out of the oven, and the bitch is not wearing oven mitts. She's going to burn her hands. Yes, and uh, she's also taking out the wrong waffles the first time. So, you know, literally suspension of disbelief. Also, I know that Mocha is playing a youngster, but I was like, I am not buying that she's this educated with the 1950s housewife mom. Like, this is something is off in your storytelling here, friends. It's, it's, yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, it kind of made sense later on with like the, you know, the adopted family component. Mm-hmm. Maybe this, but maybe this child was just adopted at the age of 20 with a fully Literally. developed sense of style. Now, Mogo was quite over the top. Boop was a bit under the bottom, but Musi will advise Boop to be a bit more strict. And she is the only one of the three at the moment to get constructive criticism. And she's a bit put off by that. Um, I mean, she is the season queen of the bunch. So she must be perfect wrong um she's she's kind of giving me lucy vibes yes um but it's also you know it's only second second episode and the the queens are still figuring out the tempo and they're just still Mm -hmm. figuring out how to be authentic while also deal with the time constraints and the pressure and all of that hopefully she opens up and you know, has more fun later on. Absolutely. Now we're going to have Amanda enter the scene and almost immediately the scene's cut. She looks nervous and you can tell that she's very much in her head. Um, But that's it. That's all we're going to get for this group. Now it's the Shikari Queens and I'm sorry Peach's look made, like her makeup made her look like Sharon Needles. Just not a read, just an observation. Jeffree Star meeting Sharon Needles. Oh boy. Um, I hope she knows that those people are not allowed. They're canceled. Um, That's okay. Susan looks like an American hillbilly or she's going for Australian icon for Night of a Thousand Cats. No matter what, she was the queen of the face. Yes. It was funny. Edna, as the scientist, was very direct and I think she had the natural camp, but Moosey will advise her to be a bit more variety, give a little bit more variety as it felt flat. The note will get Edna to trip up and I was like, oh no, this is Jim and Gloom edit. Don't lose Edna yet. I can't, I can't. Now, Peach's character is an influencer who loves chicory, and Gen Z is, in fact, in the house. She will tell us that normally she's more shy and reserved, but once the camera's on, she's a star. I concur. What is it about cameras? Why do we always just turn on when cameras are, like, on us? You know, knowing that somebody's watching, maybe? It's crazy. Like, I've had this conversation on the podcast before, and I've asked people on the Instagram, I was like, do I have an on-camera persona? And people are like, yes, you do. I was like... No, I don't. And then the more I watch and the more I listen and I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I elevate myself a little bit on the podcast. 
Well, you know, you're doing um, service to your audience. You know, you want to give them everything that, that, that your audience deserves. Exactly. This is not a true crime podcast. I'm not here to be very to the point and direct and keep right. the story. I'm, no, 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 no. We can do that kind of podcast later on. Uh, we can talk about the robbery of Jackson, a, a true crime podcast. But no, no, that's not here. <laughs> not here. Finally, Justice it is Jack. time. Let's say that again. Justice for Jack. Justice for Jack. So literally. All right. Finally, we got the Fry Giles. Uh, simply based on the costumes, I had zero idea where this team was going to go. Like, I thought this was going to be straight out of an SNL sketch. Right. <laughs> I cannot believe that they had fucking hand-drawn signs. We're going to talk about it when we see the final product, but I was like, where's the production budget? Like, I know that sometimes the Queens, like, storyboard it and, like, draw out what they're going to do, but never, like, you see crap on screen. But I, I like the way they play with it. They did. They, they definitely made it. They incorporated it well. Um, we're going to learn through the confessional that Atina was doing a posh French woman. And I would have zero idea about that because it all sounds the same to me. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I I could tell the difference because it was it was more nasally, it was more like you know, pr- not pronouncing all the all the vowels and all the words and just like you know being like you're too cool to care. Um, that's fair. But, that's fair. Know. Hopefully, now that I have uh, drag drag race Belgique, I can um, start to learn about the different effects of the French voice because there right. is there is a little bit of a different way that Rita talks compared to the rest of the cast for sure Rita sounds a little bit more American speaking French because mm-hmm. Canada and like you know the way that we have very similar pronunciation of English it kind of sips in into the, the yeah. Quebecois Atina will be told to be more dramatic and take her time and it seems like she's struggling and then we're going to get Valenciaga and Quinn into the scene and they are told to be really dirty I don't think we were prepared for what was about to come. This felt like it should have been a train wreck scene. Was that the result? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Now it's elimination day. Bob walked in purse first. Amanda walked in waffle first. As the girls get ready, we're going to hear, literally, we are going to hear a little bit about their inspiration for their looks. And Valenciaga shares she will be doing Tanta Sidonia from Willie and Wanda, who is a trans icon, allegedly. Um, Valenciaga shares that her mom made her a trans flag scarf for the runway. This will prompt a conversation about who in her family knows that she does drag. We learn that Valenciaga's dad does not know it all, and this will be the first time he will see her in drag. He is a cop. They don't talk much. She will plan on telling him before he sees her on TV, and it'll be this is what I do. If you don't like it, fine. At least you know. I like that confidence because there are mm-hmm. a lot of people who have that theory but can't actually put that into action. Right. I mean, she's also, you know, on the first season of the most popular queer TV show in her country, you know, now mm-hmm. in her country, you know, her dad can either take it or leave it. Quinn will share that both her parents know, but her dad has not seen her in drag yet in person. He has photos of her in drag that he prints out. He also is a police officer and hangs those photos in the office. And I was like, that is very cute. And also um, a little strange. Um, I, I, I'm just like, if his dad is a police officer, a police officer, but he has his own office, he must be like somewhere, you know, right. in, the upper, in the upper echelon. So, you know, he can probably afford to be a little bit more progressive. I don't know. That's fair. Now for Atina, her parents don't know her coming out was rough as they have not spoken in years. She shares that she grew up in a very religious family with all the cliches and stereotypes. She started making her own clothes. They didn't like it. So she left and hasn't seen them since 2017. 
She says her amazing chosen family is what she has, and that's all right for her. Susan says the workroom fell silent and she can't imagine not seeing her parents. And I think that was a really interesting conversation um, because the more we watch Drag Race, the variety of family stories we get to see and hear. Um, and it seems for the most part here in Drag Race Belgique, it's a pretty understanding world. It's you, yeah, you would, you, you, it's, it's, it sounds that way because it's, you know, Western Europe, it's more mm -hmm. progressive, it's still religious, but that's, you know, I was wondering if, um, Athena, she's, she's Greek, right? I think that's not, you, not positive. I mean, you know, she's Athena with a very Greek last name, so I'm just like making an educated guess here. Um, and you know, Greeks are very religious, um, but you know, I, I like, I like seeing these moments because, you know, what's more universally understood and empathetic than people sharing their family stories with mm -hmm. each other you know no matter where we are and i think you know those are really great moments when we get to humanize people who live on a completely different part of the world and just like you know you know here in america and in belgium you know there's progressive parents who support their their you know their kids there is cop parents who may not understand their kids queer stuff and then there's you know religious families so it's you know maybe a little bit more um connectedness and unity within the LGBTQ community around the world. Absolutely. Story. For Mocha, this is a sensitive subject as she was adopted at 11 months from Colombia. She is still finding things out about her birth parents. She doesn't know why she wants to know who they are, but she does. She's curious what her birth mom would think of her. And Atina will tell her that it's worth not knowing. Mocha reveals that she has been married to her husband for 10 years. and They have considered adoption. Edna has been with her husband for eight years, and they are toward the end of the adoption process. She will tell Mocha that they have the papers to adopt in Colombia, and you can kind of see the light in her eyes when she hears this. Edna will say that she didn't feel any discrimination being a gay couple hoping to adopt, but Mocha will say that as a gay couple, you have three countries to pick from, Portugal, South Africa, or Colombia. And this was kind of a mind-blowing assertion. I, wanna, I want to learn more about this. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like this is like the very first conversation about queens to ab adopting on the, in general, the entire Correct. empire. Correct. Um, and, you know, as, as, as somebody who wants to adopt and wants to have kids, um, I don't, we don't, have, we don't often hear about, especially like queer men talking about this. Um, so it was incredible to learn that, but also yeah, the, the Mocha share their 23 countries. Um, even, you know, um, it's, it's shocking. It's really yeah, it's it's definitely a, again a cultural thing, um, but it's it's really a beautiful moment to hear these two connect who didn't really know each other prior to filming and and have a full circle moment literally. Yeah. Um. And again, this is the first time we're hearing about adoption from the queens, um, in regards to they want to adopt, and I think that's mm -hmm. a huge huge step, um, and. I hope we get to hear more about it. Cause like, obviously we've heard about some Queens and their children on the show, obviously um, Tyra Sanchez way back yeah. in the day. Uh, we've had um, Tempest du jour. Like it's really amazing to have these drag artists have kids and everything, but it's the adoption part, which I think is really, really important. And I can't wait to hear more. Right. And it's a very complicated, often dehumanizing process. And I feel like just talking about it as queer people, we can create more important conversations and make it more human and more accepted and normalized.
Yeah. I mean, Drag Race 2023 is the year of adoption stories from Jackson season 15, Mocha on Belgique. Truly important tales that deserve to be amplified. Um, then they're going to joke about uh, Drag Race Daycare Center. And then they're like, all stars, uh, all the kids can play in the park or just have mini drag race. And I was like, don't laugh because I am sure that's in the works somewhere. And I am sure that there is uh, hundreds of bills being discussed this very moment in this country on how to prevent that. So maybe exactly what we do need is, you know, drag race kids to show that drag is not harmful to kids. Literally. I mean, listen, we've had, we have Eurovision and Eurovision juniors, drag race and drag race juniors. Let's do it. Let's get on it. Right. Of course. It is main stage time. Rita Vega is wearing a gown and fuchsia. Once again, sporting jewels from our friends at Amped Accessories. Um, I have to say the body is not right on this one. I think the pattern part is just not fulfilling its duties of cinching. Like it's okay to have an off week, Rita. It's fine, but Ooh, not her best look. Not, I mean, I think her makeup looks stunning. The hair is mm-hmm. beautiful. I just, controversial opinions. I just don't think Rita has a really good um, sense of styling. And she doesn't really, I don't know. There's very few looks that I can think on top of my head when I was like mind blown by what she was wearing. Because um, I feel like she doesn't just really know her silhouette. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, this one was not the best not the best um on the panel we have luffy and subbing in for musty as he had a concert to perform are bj scott who is a singer songwriter from america but living in belgium and jari who is a critical uh very critical very very critical gay comedian by critical gay comedian i mean one of those gays who just sits in the corner and has a comment for everything um i could tell he and i would not get along (laughs) well representation every gay Mm -hmm. deserves to be here we are going to go through the commercials and then go into the runway. So we're going a little bit out of order. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Let's hit it. All right. Let's talk about the waffles. Uh, we start with the waffles. And wow, that kitchen they green screened in is my dream kitchen. Like, oh, my God. The teal, everything. Please give it to me. Um, wherever you found that stock photo, please send it my way so I can Pinterest it, please. Yes. This commercial was so bizarre. You have this like upbeat 60s inspired elevator music paired with this dramatic acting. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it was very discombobulated. And then we have Amanda coming in to pause the scene and then watching Boop and Mocha just freeze in place. That was funny. That's the kind of humor I get. It was I I I I I I thought all of them could have went more. You know, I thought the the absolutely Um, jokes. Amanda tried to carry the scene as the narrator, but she just got lost. But the moral of this scene is waffles bring us together. And I love that she threw her waffle in there. Clearly, this is why they saved her last week. And so they can have a waffle moment this week. Exactly. You know, saved by the waffle. <laughs> but I, do, I did think that, um, the, the, com- the, you know, the coming out kind of story and like, you know, that, I think that was cute. I think that was, uh, you know, another, this, another one of those like universally understood queer themes. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, the commercial was fine. It was just very bland. Could have gone bigger. Yeah. Could have gone bigger. Chicory. Um, the fact that the green screen was a doom and gloom, cloudy sky, it's a start off with very camp, very camp. Um, and here we go. Here is the first um, iteration of the hand-drawn sign. I really don't know if this was intentional or a placeholder that was just never illustrated on post, but the hand-drawn chicon looks like a kindergarten art project gone wrong. Someone please advise. Well, the way I 
explained it to myself that clearly they're a fraud. So because they're a fraud, they don't have the budget okay, okay, or the fair. graphics. You know what I mean? So All right, and, that okay. was, and and that was the first red flag. You know, like oh, the thing is not real. So maybe the whole maybe maybe none of it is real. You got me. There's there's the answer. I can go. I can play with that one. Edna, I feel had a great balance of sexy and informative. Um, we love a sexy scientist. Mm-hmm. Peach as Jessica with two L's was giving me our girl this summer, Madison with two N's, but and one Y, but not where you think it is. Yeah. Um, when is she getting her own TV show? Why? Why? Why is the Marvel like waiting and not giving us a Madison TV show? To be honest, I have no idea what you're talking about right <gasps> now. I am not oh my god, Marvel, did, did you I not am, watch She-Hulk? Oh my god. I am not a Marvel person at all. The last Marvel movie I watched was Avengers 2, and I was like, this is enough for me. No! Oh my god, I'm a Marvel stan! Okay. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's right. wait, 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 who's playing her? Who's playing her? What, in, in, in... Yes. Oh, it's it's just like a one-off random one uh, actress. Um, I don't remember her, the actress's name, but she's so funny, very funny. Um, but Peach's character was all the amount of obnoxious that we love out of an influencer. It was, you know, it was funny. She was trying to give like it was like perfectly like twenty twenty two. She like it was definitely Gen Z, but the aesthetic was like white to K Paris Hilton. Um, oh, fully. Fully. So it was, it, it, it was, you know, the, it was the Gen Z meeting Y2K, but we all know that none of it looked polished back in Y2K. We're, we, what we don't talk about is that Y2K, the fashion was trash, but, you know, nostalgia. Listen, I, I, I've thought about it. If I want to get more listeners, maybe I should like read myself and like have everyone toot and boot my looks from the early 2000s. Listen, the puka the, shells the visors the oh it was terrible the the big the, the big glasses like like sunglasses that cover your entire face yeah oh i did not do that see i've had like the same pair of oakley's for my entire life i love oakley's oh I was very thin those. Right. Pair of oakley's. nice nice no i was i was wearing those because i was feeling my, like anastasia moment remember anastasia god of course love is a crime um uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 a lot I, of work. love um whole lot of love yeah she she won um the mass singer uh australia she has good for her she's a that boy um susan's character was campy and then the reveal that she lost all her teeth very funny that's the switch and bait that we kind of love in this kind of humor for this kind of challenge um the whole choose your own flavor for your gender i think might have been lost in translation i understand the gimmick but i'm just not sure um if it was the best I it was just like well, what are the flavors? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It was. I um, feel like if they had maybe more than thirty minutes, maybe they would have been able to like take it there. But it's, I'm just thinking it's a time constraint that made it feel half yes. cooked. Fun is in it. Also, the mini version that fits anywhere combined with the sped up disclaimer, very camp, very much my style of, of comedy. Um, very. I thought this was good. Again, I think the time restraints are the thing that pulled held them back because it could have been stronger. Yeah. Now we are in the land of fries, a.k.a. Belgium, a.k.a. there's another hand-drawn sign again. Um, but I guess this one, it kind of worked because it was almost like they're on a TV show and like, look at us. Um, but Kat and Simone are an SNL sketch waiting to happen. Oh, it was brilliant. I was like peeing myself laughing. Where did they get those baguette top and bottoms? Who brought those? It's like... I want to know. 
It's like, Jasmine, where did you get a loaf of bread? Literally, I would like to know where those came from. Who put them in their bag? This was stupid camp. It was over-the-top raunchy. Um, the not under 18 sign that covered up the sexy bits was fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, the this editing was, was not a commercial. Though. Yeah, no. the editing was great. This was not a commercial, but I was entertained and also very terrified. Um, yeah. It was crazy, to say the least. Yeah. That was, that's what I thought, I thought like with all of these three commercials, like the, the, the last one with the cat and someone was obviously the funniest one, but it was not the commercial, you know, the second one mm-hmm. was a full commercial, but it was half baked. And then the first one was just kind of like, didn't much, I think, I think the first one had like the strongest concept, but like not the strongest actor. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the runway category is outside the box Belgian comics. In honor of the runway, we are going to play Strip or Ripped. Oh, tell me about it. All right. First up is Jacques Huyn doing Gaston Lagoff. No designers listed. Um, I love the play in Androgyny with this look. It's serving drag without feeling like a cosplay. The sleeve reveal was dynamite. I think this is a very mature iteration of the character, and I kind of love it. Jacques Huyn? Yes. Yeah, I th- she was she was honestly my favorite because it was giving me like Brooklyn drag, but like perfectly styled. Mm-hmm. You know, the wig the wig was funny. It was just like a perfect combination of camp and high fashion, but truly this like minimalistic, pol- like polished um, style that Quinn has, and it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, Luffy says she fully understands the task set for her. She always nails the looks, and they can spot her a mile away. She says that she knows who she is and she shows. Yeah. She tells the other girls that they have the competition right here. Um, I will give this a strip. Uh, same. Audience 94% strip, 6% ripped. Next up is Amanda Tears doing Marsupilami. Look by Amanda and Naomi Cletta, jewels by Rossi, hair by Paloma. This is from Paloma, the winner of Drag Race France. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, and that's why it was the best part. Um, I will admit, mm-hmm. I was looking at the look and not reading what the subtitles were when I first watched it, so I didn't know what the reference was, um, which is going to be important when we discuss someone else. Right. This felt very off the rack and lacked a lot of polish. Like, the fringe, for no reason, gave it flavor, but it was like, uh, this is boring without it, so cut, 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 cut. I thought she was a cheetah with a bad wig. Um, the necklace was not it for me, especially that Marsupilami has like a fuller full fur collar so i think going with yellow would have felt more natural for the character but she's young and this look proves it once again yeah it was just the 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 dress itself looked very set off the rack and the fact that that kind of like tail you could see how easily was moving around the waist and it just felt like you just tied it around as opposed to incorporate into the outfit and then her walk, like, you know, she walked out from the, around the corner and she just, like, went on around. Like, she did a walk out, stand in the center, give a look, and then walking. It was just, the presentation was just very uncomfortable. Like, just the way the, the judge said, it was uncomfortable watching her being uncomfortable. Jari says that she is still uncomfortable on the runway. He says if she is uncomfortable, he can't be comfortable watching her. He says she must love herself. Luffy says that she is cute and her sincerity is touching, but she should, and she's not here to be cute. This is a real competition. Next time she needs to show them some fire. This look is a ripped. Yeah, same. I agree with you. Audience, 31% stripped, 69% ripped. Atina Sogolekes, Le Chat. 
Uh, no designers listed. This is what I love about drag. It's camp and fashion serving you the reference. Usually the cat is a lot bigger, but Atina took inspiration and made it work for her. I think the oversized jacket and tie are very simple but effective. The cat suit is spot on. And the eyes. Yeah, they be bugging, but when she takes it off, damn, that was a sexy mask. Yeah, no, Athena is killing it this season with the fashion. I would say she is the fashion girl. Last week, that that runway look was so original and mm-hmm. stunning with the feathers, this insect moment. And this week, she's just proving that she just knows how to do fashion her way. And I loved the bodysuit. I love that it was giving texture. And even it was crinkled in a moment, but it was on purpose. So you can tell that it's a cat skin. It was just attention to detail. Mwah. Perfect. It's a strip for me. Strip for me. Audience, 88% strip, 12% ripped. Next up is Peach as Natasha. No designers listed. Uh, this is probably the most realistic of all the looks on the runway tonight. Clearly, Brittany had some reference points for herself when she did her toxic video. Yeah. Uh, this is very sexy on brand for Peach. Those boobies are entering Jimbo level. Um, I know what Peach likes to do in drag. It's evident here. This is a week where she could have pushed the boundaries, but decided literal was better. It is a good look, but it could have been better. It's a it's a good look. It's just it's it's when I kept looking at, it, I kept thinking of Jan um, mm-hmm. on the Michelle Visage runway, which itself is a reference to the Glamazonian runway. Yes. Run. So it was just to me, I was like, I, I've seen it before. And also I felt like the proportion, like I feel like the boobs were much bigger than they asked. So mm-hmm. it was just not, the proportions were a little bit off. Yeah. I mean, she was obviously going for the character that is a comic strip. And, and the, the thing is, like you said, that's not what the character was in the comic strip because that would not have been allowed. Yeah. Uh, it would have been too sexy for um, the fifties and sixties and seventies. Um, Rita says of all the characters they saw, she was one of her favorites. She says she laughed a lot and did it all in one take. Luffy says that she is a real bomb and she is beautiful and sexy. They get it. She dares her to be ugly and that will give her more charisma. Two episodes in, you're telling the bitch to be ugly? Fuck you. Come yeah. on. Also, why are they always why are they always telling the sexy pretty girls to go ugly? There's other things you can do. You can do like dramatic, you can do gothic. Why is it either sexy or ugly? You know, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot in between. I'm going to give this a safe strip. Um, I'm going to give it a rip. Audience, 69% strip, 31% ripped. Edna Sorgosen doing Marsupalami. No designers listed. Now, like I said, I did not read what Amanda did. But the way I screamed when I saw this, I knew the reference right away. Because I watched Marsupalami as a kid when it was a Disney cartoon. Oh, cute. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, go watch it. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, through this fucking show, I have now learned that Marsupalami is a Belgian cartoon character. And I was like, this is amazing. Love it. The more, the more, the um, more. Literally. I think this is how you take the inspiration from a specific source material and make it your own and make it high fashion. The cut of this power suit is unstoppable. She is giving you the pattern, which should not work for a look like this, and makes it art. I love that the tail is the purse. It's so on point for the character. One of my favorite looks. It is just so smart. I, I agree. The, the look itself is like well, so well constructed. It's so high fashion. It is giving. It's giving me glare. It's giving Dior in the sixties. It's amazing. I don't like the shoe. Fair, fair. It's just a simple black shoe, which is like really distracting. And I don't like her makeup here. It's it's aging her. You know. I think I don't. 
It's interesting because she went very, very natural with the the makeup. I think she could have gone a little bigger um, because the the lips are quite small. Yeah, the lips are quite small. The eyes are like, it looks like kind of like panda eyes and it's like we lose her face a little bit. It's just... It's very woman. She's giving you natural woman. Yes, yes. That being said, I fucking love this look. It's a strip for me. It's a strip. Audience. 100% 100% strip, 0% ripped. They're in, in love with it as much as I am. Uh, next up, we have Mademoiselle Boop. Uh, Madame, she's doing Mademoiselle Jean. Uh, no designers listed. I see the reference point. I see how she made it drag. I think the characterization was fully there. She just went a little too hard. Um, it's a very, very simple look. It's to the point. I think had she not done the giant glasses, I would have said the slip that she had would have put her in the bottom. Um, but it's fine compared to the others. It's just unfortunate that wig went off. I don't know why. Maybe she didn't have enough glue on it. I don't know. Right. I mean, I actually enjoyed the wig falling. I think this is the only instance of it ever happening on the show, unless there's, you know, petals coming out of it. Um, I just thought it was so much on brand for the character who is just like so, so, so clumsy. So yeah, I, I, and that's I, I, where I, I, wasn't sh- I wasn't sure if the all, all of it was intentional because I don't think yeah. the wig was intentional. Everything else, yes. Um, so like she does get a, a slight pass because the character calls for it. Right. Um, I was just safe. Yeah, I was underwhelmed. I'm going to give it a very soft ripped. Uh, I'm going to give it a soft strip. Audience, thirty-one percent strip, sixty-nine percent ripped. Suzanne doing De Conagan Van Underland, Latex by Fia, Cape by uh, Croixure. I think we've been Disney-fied so much that I thought this was the evil queen from Snow White. Tis not. Tis not. This is the queen of the Underland. Um, I like the elements of this. I hate other elements of it. The latex dress was very smart, and I love that she's giving it gay scene eleganza. The cape is spot on. The makeup is great and the crown. I understand the cardboard element of it being like a comic strip and has the feel of it, but the execution, come on. We, we, we could have lined the inside of it to lose the cardboard illusion. It's almost there. For sure. And it's um, the cape and just the, the quote unquote fur on it looks, it looks like a wet dog and it looks like it's bought from um, a Halloween store, you know, the day before Halloween at one of those pop-ups in, in the yep. city. And, and also, I just, I don't know, I saw this and I saw, I saw Disney and I was just like, even if, even if this is very true to what the character that she's portraying is, I would be like, you know, this is looking too Disney. And, and I that's what's crazy. Character. It is spot on to what the character is. And I want to kind of do some research because I believe Snow White was first. So I think this must have been inspired by uh, Disney a little bit. Yeah. And um I think it's fine. It's just not something. I just don't think it's a smart choice. Yeah. BJ says that when she walked on the stage, she was like, wow, the evil sorceress is here, but she expected a surprise. She says in the future, don't expect this will be enough. Rita says she loves the green makeup as she loves seeing people in green makeup. She Mm -hmm. says there could have been details. She could have perfected like the inside of the crown annoyed her as you can see the cardboard and brings the presentation down. She tells her they want the presentation to be at an international level. And I agree. I get that point. I agree. Like to see what happens next. I'll give this a very soft strip. Because I love I, the latex element of uh, it. It's a rip for me. Audience, 69% strip, 31% ripped. Ah, Mokabone, Marsupilami, the night of a thousand Marsupilami. It's because if you didn't know, uh, Brittany would have done Marsupilami as well. 
Uh, no designers listed here. This is how you do a character and cam it up all the way. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed how this looks like it could have come straight from Carnival. The tail is to die for. I love the feet. I know this is dragon. We want heels, but for the characterization, she gets a pass. This was so much fun and sparked so much joy for me. This was my favorite of the night. This was this was my favorite out of all the Mercedes. Would you wear it? That I wish it again. Would you wear it? Oh hell yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll I'll, I'll wear it to throw out the garbage. <laughs> yes, yeah, so fun. No, it's 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 the the train is so long, but it's also the proportions are great. The shoes are big feet. It's it's just it's it's drag. Mm-hmm. It's like. And, 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 you know, there's, it's, it's giving, um, there's no, like, I, I mean, again, I don't want to assume, but I don't think there's like Texas style pageantry in Belgium. Um, so th- I, I'm, I'm really appreciating just the grandness of it all. And something that I also thought about this runway is that I feel like if this runway happened in the United States, all the girls would do these like super campy Florence Delis style costumes. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like they would mm-hmm. literally like shape up the cartoon. Um, so I enjoyed that this runway was a lot of the girls in a more high fashion way, but and this is just like a perfect. This is like, this is my favorite look of the night. It's a strip for me. It's a, it's a. Do you have a shoot? No, it's just super strip. Okay, super strip. Audience, eighty-one percent strip, nineteen percent ripped. Uh, Valenciaga doing Tanta Sidonia. Look by Pierre Turki de Chenet, Hair by Remy Hart. Um, she is taking on Tanta Sidonia, and I think it's a good rip off the page look Valenciaga shares the reason for this character is they are a trans icon as they are big flat and shapeless and you don't know if they are a woman or not and I appreciate that I wish she leaned into that more with the face then if you look at reference photos they are very plain in the face but Valenciaga is giving you full glam and then that is where the storytelling is off and I think that's where the judges got confused I didn't quite grasp the reveal into the dress because I guess I don't know the reference point but the chin, it was there. That's that's the whole thing of this character. If you look at the cartoon, like the character is known for that chin. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's um, the problem is that I think she did. The, I think she got a job. It was just the presentation. It was just the mm-hmm. Andra. It was just like painful to watch, and you could sense that she was getting so frustrated with it, and she was like kind of losing her 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 mojo in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the scarf was really cute. The fact that she yes. brought the scarf on stage, it just made it such a special moment. Jerry says that he can't really work out who she is and what she's all about. He says it's as if she created this last minute and not inspired by the theme. Luffy will ask if this is the case, and Valenciaga says no, as she chose this character as her mother collects comics. She gets emotional as she mentioned her mom, who is watching and must be proud. And Valenciaga will go on and say that her mom collected William Wanda comics for a long time. And she tried to carry on the tradition with Sidonia, who was a trans icon. Valenciaga will share that they are non-binary and thought this was a perfect character to do. Rita will point out the detail of the scarf being the trans flag colors, and Valenciaga will share that their mom made them that scarf. Jerry will go on to say that now she can let herself go and become fully invested in it and not be the tiny version of herself. Um, presentation is huge here, and that's why it is a ripped for me. Um. Yes, it's a rip for me. Audience, forty-one percent strip, fifty-nine percent ripped. Well, they performed as teams, but they will be judged individually. Drag Juan, Susan, Valenciaga, Amanda Tears, and Peach are the tops and bottoms. Edna, Mocha, Boop, and the other safe. Do you agree? Um. 
I thought Athena should have been in a top, and I thought it should have been three tops, three safe, three bottom. I I would have put Edna in the top personally because I think for me that was the top look of the night, and I think her performance was fine. Um, yeah, very very interesting decisions to, for for this. I still don't understand why they're only doing five people in the top and bottom because yeah. you can basically figure out who's who. But whatever. Right now in the workroom, Edna is disappointed as she felt confident with the filming, but the comments from the judges confused her. Does she play it safe with comedy or does she want to be the best? I think she should have been the top, but who am I? I'm not Rita Vega. The toss and bottoms return. Peach reveals that she is safe. So who is the top? Drag coin. I mean, they yeah, for yeah. sure are. I mean, if this is what happens when you only have five queens up there. Like, you know who the absolute high is and you know who's not winning based on the other top. Like, duh. But Quinn deserved it. Oh, absolutely. She was very she- funny in the challenge and the look was absolutely stunning. Susan reveals that she's in the bottom. She thought she'd get more criticism regarding the video, but they focused mostly on her outfit not being refined enough and simple. She believes she will be lip syncing. Balenciaga reveals she cried when talking about her mom, and she is quiet in the workroom as she's preparing for the lip sync. And Amanda shares that they felt she was uncomfortable, so they were too. They will say, you made it this far, Amanda, and I'm like, oh, that's not condescending at all. If you said that to me, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. But it came from a good place. I know that. But Amanda doesn't it, think this it, it, is far it, it, enough. It's all about the timing, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Why would you say that to her when she's about to go lip sync? Literally. And she wants to show who she is and sad that the judges can't hear her voice. The queens return and Rita decides that the winner of the week is Drag Queen. She wins a trip for two to Termal Berfot. Um, Peach and Susan are safe. We are left with Amanda and Valenciaga as the bottom two. Do you agree with all the results? Um, I would have put Susan in the bottom over Valenciaga. Interesting. I think because of Valenciaga's performance and them not getting it until she shared the vision, I think that's why they put her in the bottom. Because again, when it comes to Drag Race, if you have to tell, then the show's not working. But I felt like in the actual challenge, her acting was funny. Yeah. I I thought she did a better job in the challenge. Who knows how these are great? Is is it 50% of the mark? Who knows? Starlet, who knows? Well, you know, it's a re- it's it's not it's a reality TV show, not a pageant. So correct, correct. And the song is Lara, Lara Fabian's "Jetime." Um, now, if you were like, I know that name well, Lara Fabian. Well, she is a Canadian Belgium singer known for the 2000 smash hit "I Will Love Again" that everyone still thinks is performed by Celine Dion, but it's not Celine Dion. It is Lara Fabian. All right. I actually didn't know that song, but I am a huge fan of Lara Fabian, and I was so excited when they announced the song. I was like practicing in the song when I was like twelve years old in America. So, so I like the song "I Will Love Again" was a, a smash hit in America, um, and like immediately when they said the name, I like heard the song in my mind. It's like I've not heard this song in probably twenty three years, but right. I know it. So I was very excited for it. Oh. Well, um, you know what? You know what's interesting. They always compare Lara to Celine Dion yes. because they the voices sound similar, mm-hmm. but also Lara also represented Belgium in Eurovision. Correct. And you know, and it might have been no, it, it wasn't the same year as Celine Dion, but you know, their yeah, careers yeah. are very similar. Yes, it's very true, and they they have a very similar aesthetic, or they they did yeah. at one point. This truly was a battle between experience. Valenciaga has the prowess to perform, and even with that chin on, she gave it to you. And Amanda tried really hard, and you can tell that she was just not connecting the way that Valenciaga was, and you also just 
couldn't send Valenciaga home after that story and the scarf during lip sync. Like, For come sure. on, that would have been cruel. Valenciaga did a committed lip sync, yeah. and uh, Amanda tried to do like at first she was committed, and then she tried to do like little quirks here and there, which Amanda did first time at Drag Wars. Yes, for sure. Um, the only thing with Valenciaga is that I wish she made more eye contact with the judges and with the camera. Yes, yeah. She 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 seems like a very internal performer. Like she is a fashion queen, and when it comes to performance, it's an afterthought. Not like not it, a read, yeah. but like it's just right. she or is focused on the looks. You know, and you, I feel like if it was at the club at a proscenium stage, and you know, it would have translated better. But when we need to see your face, especially when it's a song like this, I want to see your eyes. I want to see emotion. Yes. In the end, Amanda is eliminated. Do you agree? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. What is Amanda's legacy? Um, vulnerability. Yeah. I think that's what she'll people will be remembered for. I think when she gets to DragCon, all people are going to want to see is a waffle. Yes. And she better run to the bank with that. Go hard on that waffle, girl. Who won the week? Quinn. Yeah, I think Quinn had a good week, but I feel like there was something about Peach who got a good edit this week. She didn't Actually, win, but she was the very much a focus of the of the episode. I agree, agree. I kept changing my opinion about it because I was like, oh my gosh, she's giving sexy. And I was like, okay, well, I'm getting tired of the sexy, but I'm like, well, no, she's actually doing a really good job. It's she's she yes, she was definitely a presence this episode. All right, we got a design challenge next week. Who are you worried about? Who am I worried about? Um, uh, that's a great question. Let me, let me take a look at them. Honestly, Susan. Yeah, I don't know who makes their own stuff because we haven't really gotten to that point quite yet. Um, I, I could see Susan having a, a difficult time because she, she definitely has a certain perspective when it comes to her drag. And when you're using unconventional materials, sometimes an unconventional perspective doesn't pair well with an unconventional material. Um, yeah, I don't. It's going to be interesting because we really don't know who makes their own stuff, and mm-hmm. it looks like we're going camping again. And I'm tired of the fucking camping unconventional material challenge. Yeah. Can we yeah. please retire it? I agree with you. So frustrating. Come on, mm-hmm. World Wonder, hire me. I can help you. I can give you more ideas. Call them. Listen, when I go to DragCon LA, I will be like, all right. So who do I have to talk to? Who's giving me a job? Who's who's where's RuPaul? Ru- RuPaul, come on, call me. All right, after two episodes, the winner of the season is... For me, it's between Quinn and Athena. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I'm in, I still love Susan, but this episode scared me a lot. Because um, if they're not seeing what I have already saw, something is disconnected. Yeah. But when it comes to being a good performer and good um, look queen, I think Athena and Drag Queen are very much up there. I'm just having a little bit of difficulty contrasting the two of them at the moment. They have a very similar vantage point that, like, if you didn't tell me who they were, I wouldn't have told you whose runway was which. Mm, I can see. I can see that. I mean, I feel like I could tell because uh, Quinn is a bit more uh, grungy, darker, kind mm-hmm. of like Marlene mm-hmm. Dietrich meeting uh, Bushwick Queen, yes. Bushwick case, and then. Um, Athena is very high fam, high glam, um, very like 
silhouette structure. Um, so I could, so that, that's just for me. I'm also excited to see what Mocha is going to do. Yeah, I think if I'm going to lean to one person, if you tell me I have to pick one person, I will go with Tina you right must. at this moment. But um, I think it's very fluid, and that's always exciting when you can't figure out who the front runner is. Right, exactly. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, you can find me at on Instagram as my main form of communication at maxim underscore fab. Um, and you can also find me on Venmo at uh, maxim underscore fab. Um, follow me. I have uh, some really exciting new nightlife events and projects coming up. And I also just started working as a coordinator for the biggest most prominent russian-speaking lgbtq nonprofit. so you know doing some community work some events so stay tuned amazing well thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me i had a great time a big thank you to maxim for coming on subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there and don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod if you have any questions or comments drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.